What's up, everybody? How's it going in the internet wrestling community and all over the World Wide Web? It is me. It is me, the big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanovo, coming at you with another edition of the Heel and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. Well, we've got a lot of commentary this week. Not a whole lot of wrestling. Uh, familiar face returns to WWE. And um, as you may have seen on Twitter, um, I announced that, again, uh, there's no real reason for me to talk about AEW anymore. Uh, even though I did put some newsworthy addendums on the crawl, as you will see in a moment for those of you watching along live. But honestly, Y'all have talked about it enough, and really, it's just no point. Like, there's no, there's no point in going on about it. Um, AEW is dead in the water; it's a sinking ship, and uh, you know, it's 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 almost unrecognizable. It's almost like, well, no, it is recognizable. We're talking about. Most likely, this is 2000s era WCW level. So at least TNA was able to hire the right people to restructure and now um, not say viable promotion, but they're doing pretty well. They're humming along and, you know, they have Josh Alexander out there. So they're doing well. They were able to survive uh, Dixie uh, doing her best Ted Turner impersonation. So if they can do it, you know, good for them. But uh, I don't see any recovery from uh, what's going on in AEW right now. And quite frankly, uh, I don't, you know, I used to say that I am very much for competition. I And I still am, by the way. I still am very good uh, on um, wanting competition and wanting a lot of opportunities for pro wrestlers to make money and, and do what they love and do their profession. But uh, I'm starting to lean towards, I think, AEW should go completely. And it seems like of their own doing, it's on their way out anyway. So I don't have any more energy. I don't have any more compuncture. I don't have any more whatever you call it, countenance, any more uh, gumption or wherewithal to discuss AW any further other than to laugh at them from afar. So we will definitely have a lot more to uh, discuss about uh, other things, including WWE and uh, something that I did watch, which I will tell you about. And also want to tell you that, for the first time in a long time, the first time uh, in a while, and thankfully, before uh, he passes, and I don't want to wish that on him at all, but I am going to be nominating a Superstar of the Week this week, something I haven't done in a while, and I feel like it's time after seeing his recent biography on a and E, I am, and I know I'm a couple weeks behind, but I am very uh, 
very much uh, impressed, and uh, I hope that things are continuing to go in a positive direction for this individual that I'm going to make superstar of the week later. So as you know, do the things, right? I love talking to you guys about pro wrestling. I like talking with you guys about pro wrestling and continue to interact with me and the show. You can interact with me live on the Heal and Face podcast Facebook page. So that's the best place to do it. I will try to get to your answers as soon as possible. Or you can uh, watch me through the Heel Turn Wrestling. I'll try to check that one as well. Uh, I'm on a bunch of different social media platforms as well. So you can check me out there uh, in case uh, something ultimately goes wrong with Facebook and uh, prepared to like move to another sector. So there's that. And of course, if you want to listen to the podcast while you're taking the kids to work or, or why would you take them to work? I meant take them to school or you could take yourself to school either way, whatever you want to do, make sure you listen to me on your favorite audio podcast streaming service. So definitely uh, got plenty of ways to interact with me, interact with the show and talk about pro wrestling because as we like to say in the midwest we appreciate you and i appreciate you so all right well uh let's go to the topics of discussion first let's get through the non-aew news of the week as far as you know big things that happened and Let's then transition to another part, shall we? We shall. Let's go. Okay. So, first on the agenda is a shocking return from a guy that there was a little bit of a rumor that he was going to eventually come back to WWE a little bit humbled, a little bit uh, not worse for wear. He actually looks better than when he left. But the monster among men, Braun Strowman, has returned to WWE. He was on both shows. He was on SmackDown. And he was on Raw. He made his debut on Raw. Uh, from what I've read, what I've gathered, uh, his debut or his re-debut or his coming back to Raw, uh, the clip itself on YouTube gained like over 1.2 million views. Uh, SmackDown uh, got a bump in the ratings from his appearance where he basically just destroyed the Alpha Academy. So... Good for him. Good for Braun Strowman. I'm glad, you know, he's able to come back into the fold. Um, it was kind of dumb how they got rid of him in the first place. I mean, we all know ultimately why 
they got rid of Braun Strowman in the first place. It had nothing to do with his attitude, nothing to do with his talent. He wasn't injured, et cetera, et cetera. All it basically was was uh, he was getting paid more money than he was, uh, you know, uh, working at at the time. And of course, Vince McMahon also had to carve up some money for hush money. So he was kind of a, a victim of that. And uh, he definitely used it as a humbling experience. As you know, he famously mocked guys on the indies. Uh, unfortunately uh, for him, that didn't end well because uh, in Wrestling Karma, Braun started working in the indies. And then when uh, he wasn't really getting booked, he and uh, EC3... And others, Karrion Cross, uh, Austin Aries, etc., developed the Control Your Narrative brand. And he was working those dates. And he was going to the indie shows. So good for him. Good for him. I, I'm glad he used this as a humbling experience. I'm glad he used this as a way to make, kind of make amends with the wrestling business uh, possibly make some friends and some contacts. Hopefully that he's learned a little bit and he's grown from this because that's all you ask from people uh, when they make a mistake or when they say something dumb is to just grow. So that's kind of what he did and i um, glad he's glad he's back and he looks great. I mean, he legitimately looks hungry. Uh, he's got abs now and he never used to. So he, he looks probably about 20 pounds lighter. So he looks like he's running at about Maybe, what, 275, 280 now? So, you know, um, you know, he's taking care of things. I think he's going to really appreciate his run. And I think now WWE's roster is kind of at that threshold, tipping point of where they may or may not have too many guys right now. But at least they're bringing back some star power and they're bringing back a, a big man who can do – heel or face work so uh good for them he and karen cross speaking of controlling your narrative uh, are now back with the wwe at triple h's behest which is awesome and they are both controlling their narratives there's no word on whether or not ec3 is going to continue with control your narrative it seems like a Great idea. I mean, it's always a good idea when people come up with their own. Um, people come up with their own things, but um, you know, uh, who knows if it's going to stick around uh, right now or not? You know, who knows uh, if control your narrative is still going to be a thing? But at least we know that Karrion Cross is now back in the WWE, as well as the Monster Among Men. Uh, and uh, it's a good thing to have Braun Strowman back. You can have a uh, baby face. Looks like that's what he's doing now. He destroyed two jobbers on Monday. And then on SmackDown, he ran through Alpha Academy, who are a heel team. So uh, let's uh, hope for nothing but the best for Braun Strowman moving forward. Okay, well, um, 
just uh, going through some changes that are coming down the pike. You know, although we all know that there is a lot of transition. We all know that there's a lot of change that's happening in the world of professional wrestling right now. And one of them includes last week's When Worlds Collide NXT pay-per-view that ultimately led to, to the demise of NXT UK, which is going to be transitioning into WWE Europe. Which, if this is what's going to happen, and by the way, I still don't want them to get rid of the NXT brand, even though they've irrevocably damaged it, but uh, let's, uh, let's hope that they're going to go skew back toward the black and gold brand did not catch last week's episode of NXT, so I don't know uh, if that's going to be true or not. But we do know that with the merging of the belts and the belt changes and all that, and the introduction to um, of many of the stars from NXT Europe into uh, the uh, NXT family, so to speak, it's uh, become inevitable that the WWE wants to just basically settle on the market, not just UK, but just for Europe. And it's kind of sad. I, for one, am guilty of not continuing to support WWE, NXT, UK as much as I probably should have. It was uh, clearly the best kept secret or one of the best kept secrets in WWE you know, it was so far removed from Vince that he really didn't have a whole lot to do with it. And, of course, with Gunther coming and all the other wrestlers either coming into the main roster of WWE or uh, being a part of Worlds Collide or what have you, uh, it just became inevitable. Uh, there were some people who lost their jobs through no fault of their own and were very adamant to stress that they left on good terms. Uh, NXT uh, UK star Danny Luna has been let go just specifically for her in her, uh, you know, world. And, uh, you know, very amicable, according to her. She felt like that she wasn't blindsided. There was no... Uh, you know, Bruce Pritchard, John Laurinaitis, Shane McMahon walking in, telling him it's over. It's was more like they mutually parted ways until the time was right for her to come back. And I'm sure a very, uh, a, a very significant amount of the stars on the roster at uh, NXT UK probably feel the same way. And that's, that's just how the nature of business works. Would I have liked to see NXT UK continue? Sure, I would have. But if by virtue that NXT Europe or WWE Europe is going to become any better and also possibly a blueprint to be able to roll out WWE Asia later on in the next two years or so, then uh, I'm all for it. So uh, goodbye NXT UK. We hardly knew ye, but I'm sure many of the stars, including a lot of exciting stars that I'm sure they've scouted uh, on the horizon. Uh, there's a, rumor of a up-and-coming French uh, pro wrestler. I think he's already been in the WWE a couple of times on uh, NXT UK, and they really like him. Um, 
shout out to my boy. Uh, don't really talk to him that much. I just kind of talked to him on Facebook, but shout out to my boy Mambo Italiano, who's getting a lot of run, a lot of run stateside. Uh, he's been on uh, both WWE and AEW, pulling Rick Rudes all over the place. Uh, and uh, I would definitely have him on speed dial if I were to establish WWE Europe. So that's kind of where they are with that. Hopefully, again, WWE Europe and WWE Asia will be the way in which WWE can uh, continues to solidify its presence in the global market. So um, we'll look forward to that, whatever the iteration is. If Triple H and Jeremy Borash and other smart people are behind it, then uh, you know who's to say it it, it can't it can't fail. Um, oh, and I'd like to add that I'm also on board for uh, the uh, reigning, defending, final WWE European Champion D'Lo Brown to be able to present someone at some point with the newly minted WWE European title. So hopefully that'll happen soon as well. So really nothing else, you know, on the uh, news horizon, so to speak, haven't had a chance to catch up with any of the other promotions that I keep saying that I will. I, uh, you know, don't have a whole lot of time now, but I will definitely be keeping my eye on it. I uh, watched Raw. I was kind of in and out of Raw. So I don't have enough to where I can speak on Raw, so I'm not going to. But one thing that I am going to speak on is something that I did actually watch. And I'm glad I did because it was a lot better than uh, I expected and it was a lot better than it needed to be and it's it, it, it kind of was a a nice ray of hope a nice ray of sunshine in professional wrestling you know we don't get those too often and especially we don't get one like, we haven't had a lot lately, uh, but stories of redemption, stories of turnaround, stories of triumph are few and far between, and we definitely have to celebrate those when they come. And I just wanted to hip you guys. I know I'm a couple of weeks late on this, but I did get the opportunity to watch the A&E WWE Biography Legends episode of Lex Luger. And, uh, you know, so what they're doing is they're they're doubling up on a lot of guys. They're they're giving them a uh, icons and they're giving them like a Legends deal, a biography. So it's really cool. And Lex is kind of getting focused upon in, in two ways. And to be honest, this show is completely fair and it's really heartfelt a lot of times 
even though despite these documentary producers and directors always say, well, we follow the story where the story goes, you know, a la Tiger King or whatever. They thought they were going to get some weird guy and follow him around, you know, as he does the circuits. And then uh, it just evolved apparently into like drug, drug laundering and the illegal exotic animal trade, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that WWE and A&E did a nice job of, you know, showing Lex and his career warts and all. And at the same time, not beating him down about it. Really being fair and really being even handed. So I really appreciated that. And I'm really going to encourage everybody to uh, give Lex Luger's episode a watch. You, you know, cheap plug. I don't really have any thing to do with them, but I did watch it off the A&E app. Currently going through some transition changes with my cable company right now who uh, doesn't exist anymore and they sold themselves to another. So in terms of biographies and in terms of these things go, not often, but Generally speaking, A&E documentaries and biographies have skewed toward fan service, if you have, have, have necessarily put positive spins or positive lights on the people that they followed. You know, it all uh, – th there was a lot of, of stories coming from the AEW biography lately that have kind of whitewashed or glossed over some – major things, bad things that the people they are profiling did. But this one was good because it wasn't the typical biography. Uh, they did not sugarcoat anything. They showed pretty much every single one of Lex Luger's mugshots. But there was no browbeating. There was no heavy-handedness. There was no making Lex feel badly for the things that he did. And at the end, it was really nice redemption. Now, I don't want to give away the whole thing, uh, even though it's been out. I do try to remain spoiler free on a lot of things that I, I do. And I really want to encourage you guys, if you guys were Lex Luger fans or, w, or WCW fans, or possibly if you were the one fan who was a fan of the Lex Express uh, you might want to check it out. It's really interesting to see. So I was actually a little shocked on how much in depth they went about Lex's personality and his his background. You know, we all knew he came from football, the youngest ever Canadian football player to sign. Uh, we know Lex kind of came from the sports background, not necessarily the wrestling background. And yeah, he had a good look and he was hot shotted because of that look and rubbed people the wrong way. And Lex has been real difficult to get along with over the years. Nobody's, you know, nobody was saying that he wasn't like there wasn't a fluff piece. They were very honest. And I think 
Luger himself, Lex himself, was very honest about everything that happened. I mean, he, he recognized his character flaws. He recognized that he was a little difficult to get along with. He recognized that he was pretty arrogant, that he was coming into a business where he knew he had the – and he naturally had charisma in that sense um, as far as uh, he kind of was actually uh, very superficial – you know, he had, look at me, I'm giant and I'm athletic and I can move for somebody who's six foot four and 275 pounds. Now, getting into all of the issues that he had, all of uh, his legal troubles and all that, they did not sugarcoat that either. Uh, and from what Lex was saying in his own documentary, uh, he didn't feel like he wanted to either. He was very open and honest about all, all of the things. And he did choke up uh, a little bit talking about Elizabeth. And he, you know, he completely, admits, it's not like he said he wasn't wrong. Um, you know, he, he openly admitted that he was not, shouldn't have been sleeping around on his wife. With uh, Liz, he openly admitted that uh, he should not have been having an affair with Liz behind uh, her new husband's back either. Uh, he recognized fully that he was very into to drugs and pills and all that stuff. So he didn't even sugarcoat his own AEW biography. He let it all out there, very honest about his personality, knew he was hard to get along with, knew that he got involved with some bad things, knew that he... Uh, really messed things up. But the end, the trajectory that went up, uh, especially after the tragedy of Liz passing and going to jail and, you know, almost going the uh, route of Scott Hall, uh, not quite getting to the level that Scott Hall was at, but getting awful close, to now have come out of that sober and happy. And then on top of that, uh, then to suffer the stroke, which no one predicted, not to a guy like Lex, like not to a guy like Lex Luger, you know, the epitome of health. But, you know, whether you believe in karma or you believe in God, which is what I do, uh, things like that happen. Things like that happen, you know, it, that's life. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of ironic in that sense that the narcissist Lex Luger, the guy who was so into himself, the guy who uh, was such a physical specimen, has now, uh, uh, in a sense, paralyzed. He can walk and he can maneuver, but, you know, in a sense, his, his body is almost completely worthless now. But uh, there's a great, again, there's a great end, a great story arc, and I do know that Lex does try to do some things. He comes in invitation only when he can uh, to the performance center, works with some people. He's currently uh, training a guy to, I don't know, to be a pro wrestler, but uh, looks like uh, either pro wrestling or bodybuilding. So that's good. And it all ends well, you know, it all ends well. So I have decided to give Lex Luger his flowers before something happens. So uh, I've decided, and I'm just going to go straight through to the hour here, uh, 
I'm just going to go ahead and give Lex Luger the superstar of the week. I want to give Lex his flowers beforehand. And I, uh, you know, feel like that he deserves it. As a matter of fact, kind of like what Flair said in the biography when they interviewed him, he said something to the effect of, I don't, when I talk about him, I don't want to call it a tragedy because he's back and he's around. He's still here and he's come out of it. So it's not, I don't, I don't speak about Lex Luger in tragic terms. I speak about him in happy terms and, and that's all you can ask for, especially when you check out his recovery and his, uh, his life now. Um, so again, I'm not going to spoil it for you. You should definitely go watch it yourself, but I will do, uh, a little rundown of Lex Luger's career and to tell you why he is this week's superstar of the week. You ready? Career highlights. Became a NWA U.S. champ. So technically through lineage, he was the WWE United States champ, but he was the NWA United States champ defeating Nikita Koloff. In 87, he won the NWA tag belts with Barry Windham, defeating the Four Horsemen in 88. He won his first WCW uh, title, defeating Barry Windham in the famous uh, Flair vacating or taking the title with him angle, which they talk about in biography. And it didn't seem like Luger and Flair were that bent up, bent up, out of shape about it. Um, he won his first tag team titles with Sting beating Harlem Heat in 1996. Uh, I don't believe that was uh, the onset of NWO quite yet. Uh, multiple time television champ having that program with Johnny B. Bad, a.k.a. Mark Merrow, uh, beat the Outsiders for the belts with uh, with the, the Giant. Uh, the big win, obviously, for WCW, which was perfect timing for him, was when he defeated Hulk Hogan for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship belt. Um And, uh, of course, his last major championship was the WWA heavyweight belt, that uh, promotion in Australia. And I don't even know if it exists anymore or not, but uh, the World Wrestling Alliance uh, champion defeating Sting for that belt in 2002, which ended up being his last belt. But, um, again, uh, Lex Luger's legacy was, yeah, he was kind of a pain in the behind, he was kind of um, standoffish when he came in. He didn't really appreciate or didn't really like or didn't really care for the spotlight in that way. He was just kind of more aloof. He wasn't really a people person per se. 
but uh, he came through all that, and now, uh, as Jim Cornette says, he's smiling and he's happier now. Uh, so the total package, also, you see him holding his, uh, I believe that is the uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated Rookie of the Year. Uh, you can also see him holding the Crockett Cup, the three-man Crockett Cup tournament with him, Sting, and the great Magnum T.A., uh, oh, and of course, uh, let's not forget, he was also part of the World Bodybuilding Federation. That's right, kids. Um, if you ever want to laugh and you're bored and you're uh, under 30, 35 years old, go back and Google and watch uh, the WBF or the World Bodybuilding Federation that Vince McMahon tried to start. I don't know if he still has the... Uh, he must, he must somehow have the masters for that or whatever, but uh, I don't think Vince McMahon is more, uh, the WWE is going to be putting it and making it available on Peacock anytime soon, although it'd be hilarious if it was. So kids, look up Ico Pro, look up WBF, and look up Lex Luger, who was going to be the WBF champion. And that was all Vince McMahon finding a way to get Lex to be able to wrestle without getting him to wrestle. So um, kind of a jerk move on Vince McMahon, but we expect that out of Vince McMahon. Plus the fact that, uh, you know, uh, Luger needed to work and uh, Vince was going to ultimately make him the big deal, the big, the next Hulk Hogan and it didn't work out because of his personality and who, and who he was, etc. Again, all included in the biography. You can watch that. But the fact that, uh, Luger changed the game on what a pro wrestler is and looks like he was the body type that, uh, Vince certainly wanted, uh, that, uh, you know, that kind of was the prototype for what people wanted in a pro wrestler. And uh, people, of course, the fans grew tired of that, so to speak. And I think now that I think in a lot of ways, Lex Luger is the reason why nowadays you see, you know, the complete opposite. Like anybody can get into pro wrestling now. So it doesn't matter what body type or how big or how small you are, or even if you look athletic or if you even are athletic. I think the current pro wrestler now, definitely the, the reason why most pro wrestlers look the way they look now is a complete departure in a 180 degree turn from looking like guys like Lex Luger. And of course, because Human beings can never find balance. You can't go back and find a wrestler who's athletic but also believable uh, in the ring anymore. Just basically because we've saw we've we've gone through the eighties and the uh, mid nineties with these super jack dudes like Luger, uh, who kind of took over the aesthetic of the business. So it is what it is. As far as that goes and Lex Luger's impact on the world of professional wrestling, 
uh, is, is pretty significant. Again, never really winning the big one, so to speak, even though he was WCW champion. Uh, he never really got on fire the way he liked in, w in WWE. Um, but, you know, he has a significant and a, a very proud standing as far as the NWA, the old NWA, and uh, WCW. So um, good, good, for, good for Lex finally getting uh, everything that he deserves and uh, also getting the recognition that he deserves of being a legend, at least in WCW and NWA. And, um, you know, uh, just the amazing athlete, gifted athlete that he was. So props to Lex. All right, well, this is probably the shortest I've ever gone <laughs> in a podcast. So I really don't have a whole lot to look forward to. Uh, you know, we'll see what's happening this week in wrestling as it goes by. Uh, we're gearing up for extreme rules. Obviously, there's a lot going on there. And then we'll take a look at what's going on in the indies and other places next week. So thank you for joining me on the Heel and Face podcast, podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. It's me, it's me, the big old Stevie C, your hostess with the mostest, signing off for this week. By the way, uh, if you, again, want to follow the show, if you want to interact with the show, please do. Uh, you can go find me on uh, any of my social media, not just here on Facebook, but you can find me on Rumble. You can find me on LinkedIn. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep saying LinkedIn. And Locals. You can find me on Minds. You can find me a lot of different places and interact with me there. Plus, you can also check me out on all your favorite podcast streaming services. So, that's it for me, Big Old Stevie C. I am Ouchie. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Heel and Face podcast brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. And as always, peace.